Hello? Hey. Hey, how's hey. it going? Hey. Oh. Hi. <laughs> you just sent me a picture. I did, yeah, from my hotel room here in Vancouver. Oh, okay. Um, that does not look very cheerful. Well, you know, like, it doesn't snow here very often. So oh, yes, yes. Yesterday there was a big snowstorm, which ground the city to a standstill. Okay, and, so you, uh, you were telling me a lot of things that I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. But I'm in, like, a, when you think of Vancouver, or most people, if you know it, you think of, like, glass towers by the ocean. Um, yeah. And I'm in one of those right now. I don't um, see but you the don't... ocean. I just see roads and cold. Yeah. 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 The ocean's yeah. actually to the left. Okay. <laughs> but, okay. But I can only see a sliver of it. Yeah. And uh, it, so you go there once a month. Yeah. But today I'm here for a big like company kickoff, you know, like getting all, you know, several hundred people in the company, Thinkific where I work um, together to kick off the year, which is like, you would do that in pre-pandemic times, but it's like an especially big deal after the pandemic. Um, yeah. It was How remote many people work. Are, are in the company? It's around 250 people. And that's Thinkific. Yeah, it's pretty small. It used to be bigger, but they laid off a lot of staff, or we did. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the uh, number of users? Mm, in or terms is, of is active... That, is that no, secret? No, I think it's public. Uh yeah. In terms of like active users, it's uh, I don't know what the current number is around thirty thousand or something like that. Yeah, so that's mm -hmm. you have. Uh, I'm trying to do the calculus, but if for every use for every let's say four hundred users, there's one person in your company, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah, yeah we're and we d and definitely in our like because what we do is we help you build like a business around online learning. And so it's very hands-on because like most people that start with us don't know how to do that. And so they, they struggle. So there's a yeah. lot of support. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, so the, 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 we didn't really do topics. We we're just chatting and catching up, but I, I did want to talk about this idea of being busy and uh, mm -hmm. it feels like we're both busier than before. Yeah. But today I was like, I have like a five minute break before I go back for the next activity or whatever. It's more than five <laughs> yeah. minutes, like 30 minutes. And I was like, yeah. why don't we talked about maybe just doing just quickly well, send well, a text you're, and see you're the really, screen. You're really taking this podcast format uh, into reality. I'm always in the same space, but you did the airport, you did walking to the coffee shop, and now you're in Vancouver. So, Hotel room. Yeah. Like yeah. these are all the these are all the spots you're not supposed to do a podcast in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'm but what used to be so I just read an article in a Dutch newspaper, the NSA, that out of all the industrialized whatever nations. Dutch people work the least in terms of hours. Mm. And so I think they're very efficient. And I think, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. And I think my whole way of working the first 20 years was all about like, oh, what can I do with the least amount of effort and least amount of hours and the most effect? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then I guess being in New York for 12 years, at some point it creeps up on you. And then the whole thing was I, one big reason I didn't want to move to New York was I, I was worried everybody would be busy and no one would have time to hang out. Mm -hmm. And now I chose something where I am busy all the time. There's actual labor and I enjoy it more than free time. It, it, it used to be like, oh, there will be some miracle. You'll be able to sell digital art in the future. Yeah. And that happened. And then I was like, oh, now I can live in Hawaii. It turns out sitting on the beach is not as interesting as working. 
Yeah, I think that it's like it's a false dichotomy of life that there's like work, there's a period of your life where you work and then a period that you stop work and that's when you enjoy life. Um, well, it wasn't even, yeah. I, I wasn't trying to stop working, but I was trying mm -hmm. to make it so I could work one hour a day and live remotely in a beautiful location. Right, right. The the digital yeah. nomad dream, The the what became the sort of crypto bro in a tax haven sort of lifestyle. The, mm -hmm. I, for me, it was more an idea of like, Oh, if, if we have a laptop, our office yeah. is everywhere. And this was an interesting idea when it was only an idea. Now it's a reality and it turns out it's not so interesting. Well, my brother's been trying to chase that. He's in Costa Rica right now, I think, for a couple months. trying like He's always trying longer and longer periods there. Um, but he never quite gets to like full time in the other country. And, and what, what is his job? He works in like software, but like uh, more agency side than I do. Yeah. So he he can do the digital nomad thing, but for whatever reason, he hasn't figured out the perfect equation for, I haven't really well, probed on yeah. why. And there's two, there's two parts to the digital nomad thing. The, the one part is you're mobile. Uh, you just, everything software and ideas and you can be anywhere. And the other part is it's about efficiency. So you need less time to have more effect. Mm -hmm. And so you could be a FinTech influencer and make a ton of money and have, eight free hours where other people have to work 12 hours. It, it, and, mm -hmm. But this whole dream of, of reducing work so you can sit on the beach, turns out sitting on the beach is fun for a week, but not the whole year. I mean, that was that's supposed to be the automated utopia. Like with all this automation, and yeah, computers yeah, exactly. and AI, like we can, like the money will just roll in passively as our AI bots churn, you know, through our, you know, figure out our business and everything like that. Right. But well, I don't well, know there, if that's the there, reality there was, for most people. There was a funny tweet, I don't know, a while ago when AI started to make all those images and people were like, wasn't it supposed to be that the robots would do the annoying chores and, <laughs> and we should be free to make art and poetry? Right, right, right. Yeah. Turns out it's yeah. the reverse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> burn. Yeah. But it, do you feel like you're more busy than ever? Uh, yeah, but before I, I go there, like just a funny incident that happened today while, or yesterday while I was here kicking off the year, we hired David Attenborough for like a kickoff video, like the yeah. real David Attenborough from the BBC. Mm -hmm. You know, How old like, is he now? He's in his 90s. He said wow. yes for, uh, and I thought for a criminally low amount of money. He, but what I, what was shocking was he not that he said- but he basically did it for free. He was like, wow. I like your company and your bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, so he did it and he did an incredible job. It was like one take or whatever. Um, we showed the video and people loved it. And we were like comparing the evolution of our product to the evolution of, you know, that he does in his, in his stuff. But it was, it was crazy. Afterward, I was like, Oh, what you guys think? What everyone think of the video? Do you, what do you think of David Attenborough? It's like, it's, and they're like, it's amazing what AI can do now. And I was like, no, that was the real Oh, bro. I was yeah. like, I don't believe you. They said, I don't believe you. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like yeah. the, this is a tra this is a cultural in like moment where talent is assumed to be unavailable. <laughs> and like, I don't know, because the yeah. Hollywood actor strike happened. I was like shocked by that. Yeah. And then there's the the, the idea that work is more fun than free time and, and, and free time is very expensive. Mm -hmm. And my some friends of mine visited the office of Oscar Niemeyer, the architect who designed a lot of the Brazilian modernist aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And he he he's such a star name that any project that you tie him to is great. So 
he worked until he was 104 and he would just sort of make a, a primitive drawing of a shape of a building and then his team would execute. Right. But it's just having him. And that's to me where you want to be like as, as a creative person where you're just still making yeah. stuff with perhaps with a lot of help, but with nice people. And yeah. Yeah. There's a museum in Toronto, like the Royal Ontario museum. And it's like, they proudly show the napkin that Liebeskin <laughs> like sketched yeah. the plan. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, yeah. I would, I will go out for dinner and I'll just sketch the building. <laughs> I, I did a public, a public art project in Canada a couple of years ago. It was a digital art wall and they invited several artists to make a, a low res animation. And the company did more public works and they told me, Richard, Sarah, I think if you want a, a public work by Richard Sarah, you just have to commission a sketch and it's whatever, one or two million just to get that sketch. And then it's take it or leave it. There's no discussion. There's no process. He just makes mm -hmm. a sketch and you can keep it. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's the model. That's the, that's what Attenborough did, but he only charged a thousand dollars. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a, I don't know what's going to happen. I guess the BBC with... is not paying royalties. So he has to take all the. I think he's just it, legitimately it, a, a good person and a do you nice think man. He's, and he was do like, you think he's on cameo. Mm, I don't think so. We reached out to his agent directly. Maybe I shouldn't be sharing this, but what I found remarkable is how kind and generous he was on such short notice. Mm. Um, and then, then I, and then on the flip side, how how people no longer believe that someone like that would be available or helpful. Or kind of well, generous, I, and that an I have AI to say, would do it. When you said he's in his nineties, I thought time is very precious when you're in your nineties, and mm -hmm. I would think, but maybe he just loves to work. Yeah. That, well, that's it, why I brought it up because it's like yeah. he should be on the beach, but he is like, no, I want to do this narration yeah. <laughs> for your yeah. corporate video. I, so. I like that the the beach is this sort of weird, uh, idealistic dream that has been sold to us, and the beach is very nice, of course, but it's almost like that's where you're supposed to work towards or that that's the symbol of luxury I think and leisure. I, th I think historically though, it was a, it was the equalizer. It was where the poor people went to like yeah. socialize or something. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. in the mud, you know? Yeah. yeah but yeah. it got rebranded at some point, I mean, I know, maybe it, around the time of the bikini. I was talking to someone that it used to be in Japan, older people prefer white rice. They don't like brown rice because brown rice is for poor people. And like, if you can afford it, you have the rice, more purified and now brown rice is more luxurious so it, it mm. shifts every yeah you know. that's fashion but um, but so back to you being i know you never want to talk about yourself but yeah <laughs> back to me being busy yeah I mean, are you, I, are you I busier than ever or is, is that just my perception i think that this thing of being you know when you you know when you ask someone how are you doing you run into them on the street maybe you have a coffee in your hand or like oh how have you been it's like busy busy i think it's like an unfortunate response like good that doesn't isn't really describe the nuance of I think happiness you're or evading the, the my question. Of heart. Okay. Uh well am I busier than ever? I would think is, I'm is as you, busy it, as I, I always have been. No, you no, let, time. Me, let me ask it this way. Is this job demanding more hours than fresh books? Well, I work yeah, I work more full time. Yeah. There I work yeah. four days a week for sure. Yeah. Here I work five. But okay. have you ever heard the analogy of rocks, pebbles, and sand? It's like a you know, like the, I think it's like a, there's different versions of it, but like a teacher asks the classroom, like I, I he has three piles of rocks, pebbles, and sand. He asks, can we, can I fit this all in the jar? And they're yeah, like, yeah, absolutely yeah. not. And so he goes on to say, show them that, oh no, here's how you do it. So first he puts in the rocks 
and it fills the jar. And he's like, could I possibly now? And, they're, and, and they're like, is it full? And he's like, the classroom's like, yes, it's full. And then he's like, well, watch this. And he puts in the pebbles and they fit into all the spots between the rocks. Right. And then he's like, the class is it now full. And they're like, absolutely not. There's no way anything else is going to fit in. And then, and then he takes the sand and he puts that in and the sand all fills in the holes between you know, mm -hmm. the pebbles. And so yeah. he's able to put all the stuff in this jar because um, you know, he's focused on the right order of priority. So I think like whenever people ask me if I'm busy, it's like, I have the same number of rocks, like big things I'm working on that hasn't really changed. Um, the pebbles and sand, I think is what most people talk about when they're busy. Like, Oh, I have to clean the couch after that. I often let that stuff kind of fall by the wayside. Um, like I don't do the laundry or I don't do the dishes or something like that. Um, so I, I'm better at prioritizing than I used to be, I would say. So I can do more, mm. um, with less time my, my dad and... had this theory that if you have a bigger house you spend less time cleaning because you can just sort of hang out in different areas and that if you have a very small place you have to clean constantly mm. i do delegate some of the cleaning to Kristen. i'm in charge of bathrooms do you not <laughs> that's, have a, that's my that's do you my not focus. have a cleaning person no the, i mean it's not really necessary we don't make a big mess you know our, our house is, no, is but it's not fun. that big either yeah. is it fun tired it's, it's fun to have a cleaning person yeah yeah, okay. What's fun about it? You don't have to clean the toilet. <laughs> it's not hard to clean a toilet. I don't know. I know. Yeah. But I, I give the same lecture to my mom, who's like, you know, 80 this year, and she's still doing everything herself. And I'm like, you know, couldn't you get someone to help you with this stuff? Because she'll call me to come over. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like I'm in Vancouver. She's she's here. She has an apartment. And she's like, can you come fix the TV for me? I was like, <laughs> that's, that's not the way we should well, be spending our time together. A, a big part of why... I was always early to to have a cleaning person, even when I lived with roommates, is it it alleviates the stress of who did what and did you do enough and did you do your part? And then if everybody just chips in, it's it's less money than going out for drinks. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But um I had another question. Oh yeah, did you make a new tune for this week? Well, i I did put a tune in the box, yeah. That oh, cool. evil so it's an evil tune. Cool. It's like a busy, so, it's called We Are Busy Bodies because we we're going to be talking about being busy, I think. Nice. So that will be what everybody just heard at the beginning. Yeah. 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 No, I, I mean, it's it's very interesting that I didn't want to move to New York because I was worried everybody was busy. And now, it, like, I, sometimes I'll have lunch, but it used to be I had to have one or two appointments every day or I feel very empty. And now I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have time for lunch. I have to do another layer on this painting. I did see one of your paintings of like an envelope. It was pretty cool. Like, so, yeah. and so I didn't realize you were experimenting with aspect ratio, which is kind of traditionally something you've always explored. Yeah. Well, it, what I found is that the more square the aspect ratio, the bigger the work feels. Mm -hmm. Like th th that envelope is six feet wide. But it yeah. feels kind of small because it's so narrow. Mm -hmm. And and uh, something that's four by four feet might be feel bigger than something that's six by three. Yeah, yeah. It feel it looked relatively small. Like I, it it felt uh, for what it's worth, like something I could buy and put in my home. Yeah, that's always the shocker. People see my stuff on Instagram. They're like, oh, that ten foot lenticular looks really cool. Is it fifty bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I would yeah. assume you were going to sell your paintings starting. Here's my assumption. Yeah. This is a pricing test that you'll start selling paintings at 8,000, but then they'll go up to like 30 or something like that. Um, yeah, I have to talk. I have a show in September and then we'll talk about the prices. So I have my prices for lenticular works and tapestries. And 
they're based I know those on, are very uh, expensive. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they're in the range of what you just discussed. So mm -hmm. let's say between 12 and 18 or something. But yeah, um, I don't know if paintings should be more because they're handmade or they should be less because I'm beginning. And we'll have to figure that out. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I feel like there should be an early bird discount because you're starting off. You know, you want to get the paintings in the hands of collectors because they're your early advocates. They're going to be yeah. your marketing. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I have no idea. I'll, I'll leave that to the gallery. That's yeah, yeah, job. yeah. Let's not yeah. figure that out now. We're not marketers. <laughs> yeah. And and um, do you think with this job, how long will it take? Is is there a timeline of of goals? Like where do you have to be in one year and in two years? And what's the yeah. timeline you guys are thinking? Yeah, I mean every company like ours. So we became profitable. That was the the goal last year. Um, we did it early. Uh, I don't know what we've announced to the street, but I can say generally um, in terms of like what the market expects from companies like us now is 40% growth or what's called the rule of 40. Mm -hmm. So, you know, profit plus um, revenue um, up should add up to 40% yeah. um, growth. So we're not uh we're not there that's a huge task to because of the rule of big numbers right it gets harder and harder to grow but i worked at freshbooks you know with, with a cu customer base that was four or five times the size of the one i have now so i don't think it's hard but people around me keep saying like this is gonna be really hard how I'm many like, people were at freshbooks i mean eventually we're a global company with like two thousand employees or something like yeah. that but um mm -hmm. But we were doing 40% growth with teams smaller than I have here. So I, I have no problem doing that. But, but that, I could see that with accounting, you don't have as much onboarding and explanation what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. But I'm I'm pretty confident. Yeah. At this point in my career, I have to be. Like, that's what people are relying on. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if I even if there's a risk that it doesn't happen, I have to portray confidence. And, and in, in, the, in the corporate world of software, do people expect to work until they're 65? Do people want to retire early? Do they want to work until they're 100? I happen to know a lot of people who have retired early because they made a lot of money cashing out. Yeah. Um, I mean, not a lot of people, like a handful. I know like a half dozen people who have done that. So they're definitely the minorities. But unfortunately, I think they keep some people in this delusion, including me for a while. I'm not in that mode anymore of like, oh, if I could just make it to this next the IPO is gonna year. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you remember when you, when I was like that. Yeah. I don't think that was a good place to be because I was always postponing. Um so I'm not even thinking about that anymore. But are you thinking about um wait, maybe my question is software seems like a young person's game, but that might mm -hmm. not be true. I don't think it's true anymore because it's no. like it's basically everything. <laughs> and yeah, everyone yeah. has aged into it. So okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even a, even like AI, you'd think of as like young disruptors. Sam Altman's a very young CEO, sure, but it's not difficult to understand. And I'm there are people of all ages I'm seeing in my company and others that are working on this stuff. And obviously, like it came from research by old guys at U of T, University of Toronto. Oh, hi, housekeeping. I'm just in here. Thank you. Uh, Thank the you. Podcast yeah. just got very real. Yeah, housekeeping. <laughs> they weren't sure if I was in the room or not, but um, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Anyway, um, but you, I mean, I think the the question I could return re reverse on you is like in the studio, it sounds like you make yourself busy or you want to get back to the studio because you're enjoying being busy in the studio. Well, I, I've set up this goal. I want to make at least two paintings a week, mm -hmm. preferably three. And then 
there's weeks like Christmas and other types of uh, occasions that, that slow you down. Yeah. Um, so that means I just, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's going pretty fast. I had a lot of prep work and I was going quite fast. But and is then, it, is it... and then I do a drop every two weeks and then I'm working on lenticulars too and exhibitions and exhibition text And so Definitely, there were years where I made like two websites in one year, and it felt like a good year. Yeah, that's not the case anymore. But no. it's you alone in the studio, or do you have an assistant in there right now? No, just me. It, it, when I started with the painting, I was overwhelmed, and I was like, "Oh, I need an assistant." And then mm -hmm. after a week or something, I'm like, "Oh, this is totally fine." Because I was talking to a friend with a studio, and I, th I think he was saying that once you have the assistants, it kind of comes with a little bit of a machine because you have to get them to be working on something all the time. Um, and so that's something I mean, to think that's, about. That's that's a trade off. Uh, it, I felt like that when I started with the textile works, and like some artists might be like, "No, you have to own the machine and experiment with it. You need to mm -hmm. have your." But I was like, I don't want to be tied to that machine, and make textile work because I invested so much in that machine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And do you, do you remember? Uh, do you know Ray and Charles Eames? Like they're yeah. You must obviously yeah. Have you ever read any of the descriptions of their studio? No, no. They they usually describe the studio as this like chaotic place where people were working on different types of prototypes and you know there were a lot of like accidents but like there were happy accidents like oh you know you dropped the the wire on the wood and that, that's a new idea for well, a chair I can, or something. I, I, I can vouch for the the accident thing that that happens all the time in software and now also with painting where there was one painting that seemed there was a problem with um, Okay, this is a little detailed, but there was a little particle stuck between the canvas board and the canvas. I, I used this foam core behind it to keep it, to be able to put the tape. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's a hard surface. So, so there was a pimple. And so I had to open up the canvas, restretch it. I was like, oh, shit, I have to start all over. It had this circle. So I started sanding the canvas. And then I was like, oh, the sanding is a really interesting effect. And it's blurring the lines a little bit. And mm. that's one of those accidents that I kept. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, thanks for sharing that. But it, yeah. it's, it's for sure. And and the same with uh, my weavings that I went in with one idea and it came out with another one just because of accidents. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so I think like the opportunity for accidents could increase if you had like another member of staff in the room like doing something different yeah. than you were well, doing. Well, the, the counter argument is um, this painter, I'm blanking on his name, but he said, I, I became a painter because I don't want to deal with people. Mm -hmm. and so that's one way of working it's just like i just want to be stubborn on my own and uh, and i i enjoy listening to obnoxious music and i don't want to do that i, uh, I don't want to yeah. put anyone through that so yeah immediately who gets to be the dj becomes the first conflict in the studio yeah, yeah. and then i'm a male chauvinist for playing loud music and whatever and, yeah. i think your hiring policy would like it would detail that in the description it has to in <laughs> <laughs> has to endure my music days. No, but I, I think freelance is the way to go. Like sometimes you need help and you have someone for a week and uh, yeah. Yeah, and they can always come work in your studio, I guess. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I I had someone here to build the the, the rack and uh, mm -hmm. he helped with all kinds of but he, he came three times for one day and yeah, mm -hmm. it was very helpful. Cool. Well, I'm looking but forward to the, seeing the, it. This idea of expanding a company for the sake of expanding uh, that's not for me. And, yeah, that's and, kind of what's leading yeah, to. A big part of why I started painting was also I didn't want to go the route of starting a digital agency, which seemed like, 
oh, you have this cash flow and then you can hire four programmers and make larger output and blah, 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 and do public mm -hmm. commissions. And why don't you hire a person to apply for all these public works and da, da, da. And I, to me, the idea of becoming a company and then arriving at the company and there's a coffee machine and the birthday card and birthday wishes, and <laughs> no, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I keep fantasizing that you'll... Cause you, you know, you often compare yourself to me and that like one day you'll wake up and you're like sitting in my exact chair, <laughs> <laughs> like there's 200 people making paintings, envelopes yeah. of every size. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm not interested in that. All right, I, I don't right. know. I don't know. It, it's yeah. If it makes sense, it makes sense, but no. Mm -hmm. no. Um, well, I'm going to see you next week. I don't yeah. know if we'll record before then, but if we don't, we'll be in New York as the next so location. I think that Sunday we're going to make pizza at our place and invite some friends. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, well, I'll know some of these people. Do you have any food allergies? Mm, lactose, but I can, I can take a pill. Okay. And your brother? Mm, actually, I still have to mention it to him. Um, no, I don't, he doesn't have any. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so we'll yeah. see you soon. Yeah. See you soon. All right. Okay. Nice chat. Bye, Bye. Take care. Bye.